Dad Pod. Well, this is a video thing as well. Have a name. Podcast. Oh, midlife crisis. Howdy, daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually. Dadcast: Misadventures in Parenting, brought to you by Cadbury Freddo Treasures. Discover the new Freddo Treasures Space Series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons, one surprise toy in every chest. And you're very welcome along to this week's edition of Dadcast. All the dads are here. Nathan is here. Hello. Adrian is here. Hey. And Dave is here. How are you all? Good day, gentlemen. Knackered. Oh, yeah? From parenting? Sleepless. A lot of sleepless, uh, sleeplessness this week, yeah. I've kind of forgotten what that's like. That's uh... horrible. What's causing it? It's a bit easier. I, it's, it's the worst part of it is the nighttime, I think. Like, it, the worst part of it is the thoughts of, oh, Jesus, like the hours ticking by and I'm not getting any sleep and I'm going to be like a zombie tomorrow. Yeah. It's not as bad when you wake up. I'm saying that, like we're recording this at 10 o'clock in the morning, and by half 11, I'll probably be asleep, but... Um, What's the reason? Um, what is the reason? Nothing really. A bit of... Hard to get uh, into a routine, probably part of it. Unusually, it was the younger one that was awake last night. Um, I was bringing her to bed at like 8 o'clock, and it was pretty obvious pretty quickly that... Uh, um, yeah, she wasn't going to sleep. And then, so you're, you're lying there kind of going... I brought her into our bed and you're trying to wait her out. So you're like, is she showing any signs that she might, in fact? Because um, it follows that thing of like, like, like mad energy and mad activity. And then like over a very prolonged period of time uh, last night, hours, uh, it gets slower and slower and slower. And so you're, but you're trying to say, oh, should we just bring her downstairs? And maybe she'll just tire herself out that way, which is 100% what we should have done at the start last night. But then you're so far deep into it. You just keep at it. And um, then there was that. So she was like, God knows what hour gone to sleep last night. And then the, the other lad just, we, we spoke about this uh, months and months and months and months ago about him coming into our room. And I was sort of saying, well, it's no problem. It's not keeping anybody awake. He just comes in, he goes to sleep, we're asleep, everything's fine. That's now not the case any longer. He's just causing absolute stink when he comes what? in. Bed. And uh, it's a disaster. You know the story of Oedipus, right? He, he kills the father. That's like, that doesn't end well. <laughs> I think, I think uh, there could be a killing. Some, somebody's going to die. Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> in, his, in his mind, like, he doesn't realise all the other things, all the other aspects of your life that he's also killing at the moment. <laughs> Listen, he, uh, he says, um, so we try to take turns, obviously, with entertaining or getting up, but like trying to keep, well, primarily trying to get him back to sleep, obviously, because he's coming in, it could be any or one, two, three, whatever. And uh, then my wife will go, oh, your dad will, get, your dad will go downstairs with you now. And he's not that patient. So he'll be very quickly uh, roaring into my wife's face. He's not getting up. He's not, he's not moving. <laughs> uh, which is generally. <laughs> so what happens when you go downstairs then at 2 a.m.? I no, normally don't go down to 2 a.m. Normally always sit it out, Dave. So just not biting the bullet at that point. Like if we have to sit here for an hour, whatever it is, not, not going downstairs with you at that hour. I like, it's not happening, but that like, but you could also be awake for an hour. You could be awake for two yeah. hours, whatever. And, uh, and so, you're not just bringing him back to bed and say, shut the fuck oh, shit. No, that is, that is, in, that is, that is him in bed. In, in his own bed. Oh uh, yeah. The difficulty is sometimes, yeah. 
and sometimes you have to go into his bed with him. And but the difficulty is, you see, if you bring him back in there, he's in with his sister, and if he's causing stinking there, uh, really he's going to wake her up, and that is the last thing we want. And uh, yeah, they're sleeping babies. Will they not sleep through like um, quite a lot? To be fair, normally very good. Very, very, very rare instances of them walking up in the middle of the night. But I, I just did. we'd be so allergic to the idea of like if it all kicked off. I know. If it all kicks off, front, you know, I think I've had to hit for the front door. Like, yeah, I look. I just think that uh, we we certainly lived with bad sleep for on our first child for a long time, and eventually realized you can't do it. You just can't. You can't function. And if they're coming into your bed, I know there's loads of parents who co-sleep, right? And it's a it's a it's a thing, and people feel much closer, and it's like you know, uh, it must be amazing. But like, that's your bed. That's like mm. that's your territory. Uh, oh yeah, and, and he, like he he, he doesn't uh, he lies sideways so uh, and his, no his feet are always in my head oh, no and, uh, yeah, yeah. No. And, and, and like no. regularly regularly like I'm waking up going I wonder should I will I have to ring the ambulance now or will I just wait for <laughs> to see like you get full on heel straight into the jaw regularly yeah. like I lie in bed like this <laughs> I mean this is not good. Yeah. It's only now that we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the kids in the same room makes it difficult because we have had a bad week and the youngest has... She, she's generally not waking up too much in the middle of the night, but it's when it is now, it's you walk in, put her back down, and if she screams for the next hour, she screams for the next hour. But I am not going back in because we, we did the whole, oh, let's bring her in and try and soothe her a bit. Maybe even give her a bottle a bit early. But no matter what happened, she was awake for three hours there. Mm. Whereas this way... Eventually, even after it might be, it might take an hour, but she'll cry herself back to sleep, and you'll be asleep for most of the time. Well, you're half hour. asleep, but like the alternative is, yeah. and you just hope she eventually cops the hell on. Though we did have a, a another issue mm. where, so the one night she actually, so well, she, like she, she woke up at six o'clock this morning. Are you like complaining about your child waking at six? No, no, I think that's just into yeah. Yeah, You see, yeah. for me, any time before seven, I'm getting annoyed. But so there's a lot of people, so. Nathan. A lot, I know, a lot I know. of people in this country that are getting up at six to go to work anyway. We're not all lying on at half seven in the morning. Yeah, but I didn't get home from work till eleven last night. So you know, like this, she, she's not taking this into account. Obviously, so <laughs> I mean that, that's why I'm annoyed. But, but your wife uh, is obviously anything you have a. She's like, oh, you you stay there. Don't worry, I'll I'll sort it. Ah, yeah, as you can imagine, yeah. <laughs> so. The one night I think she did sleep actually till about half seven. One of the lads woke up at three in the morning having a bad dream. So anyways, eventually he wouldn't go back to sleep. So brought him into the spare room and I went into the bed beside him. It was all grand. Went back to sleep. So what was the issue? My wife had bought a, a book that day, How to Deal with Your Worries. And this was the bedtime reading. And according to the child, he then started thinking about his worries. <laughs> <laughs> and he couldn't stop thinking about them. And he, his biggest worry was that somebody was going to break into the house. Oh, wow. Uh, a bad man was going to break into the house in the middle of the night, and he couldn't stop thinking about it. Ha hadn't thought about it previously when he'd be going to bed, but all of a sudden, uh, we had opened the door, and it had all come flooding out. And at what point so, did you then decide to point out to your wife that she was incredibly foolish in doing this, or did you keep those, those thoughts to yourself? He's telling us what now. What do you think, Dave? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. One of the lads on our social media team will put it up and she'll yeah. soon find out about it. Well, I sent her a text. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you know, you can be too open with your children, it turns out. 
this is definitely true. Uh, we we ordered a, a book about um, puberty and it arrived and I was reading through it and I was like, I'm just not sure that we're ready to talk to our eight-year-old about all this stuff. I mean, obviously we will, we have to and we will. Like, it's just the, the, the book is for nine to 16-year-olds and she's nine next week. And so you're like, the stuff that is in the book for the 16-year-olds is a little bit advanced. She's an amazing reader, so she'll read the whole thing in probably in one sitting, and then at the end of it, be like totally traumatized, uh, you know, <laughs> like because she's still at this point still clinging on to the last bit of being an absolutely innocent abroad child, and uh, you know you don't want to you don't want to go on about life a little bit later and innocent abroad and not streetwise, but at the same time. Uh, you don't want to be the thing that accelerates the end of this. So, like, it's a really, how much do you tell your kids? Black Lives Matters came up. Um, we were watching the Serena Williams um, match, and you just, like, how do you explain the history of racism in a way that your five-year-old's also sitting there watching you? Like, okay, I mean, obviously, you have, to, you have to talk about these things and explain it, but, like, um, I, it would be handy if there was, like, a little guidebook that you could, uh, <laughs> okay, Google, tell me, how do I explain... Black Lives Matter to my nine-year-old in a way that's going to make sense. Um, maybe there's an it's opening. A bizarre, a bizarre concept to like a five or six-year-old racism. Oh, there are, what? Why? Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah, it is. So, I mean, obviously the conversation didn't last very long. She's like, okay, I'm bored now. <laughs> <laughs> You've yeah. got to t- that 10-second window to get your explanation there, Ger. I mean, the window closes and he is or she is gone. Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, people stole other people um, and traded them. It sounds, you know, anyway, that was pretty difficult. We, uh, I'm, today is our first day that I'm going to be free to go back out into the, the wild. The kids are at school um, because we went through the whole COVID testing. My kids have asthma, as, as I've talked about on the um, show before. So they're going to cough. They cough every time they go back to school. They get a cough and sometimes it's really bad and they need um, steroids and antibiotics. Hasn't reached that point just yet. But with the new cough, you have to ring the GP and um, or whoever and they refer you for uh, the test. So you had to go through that whole process. A bit of a shambles, I would say. Definitely a bit of a shambles. On Sunday, we decided that we were going to make a phone call. And it was uh, the out of hours doc, D-Doc. And I think I've had three appointments from D-Doc for one of my kids and none for... The other one, yes. Uh, so we would still be waiting and nothing came through for the first 24 hours. So then eventually we rang the local GP. Half an hour later, we had our appointments. Um, and that was like our local GP, absolutely great, but clearly know what they're doing. Just the, the out of hour stuff. So if you, if you are in any way wondering whether or not you should phone your local GP and more than once, if you have to, they're very helpful. So uh, I would do that. And the other thing is two kids got tested at the same time. One of them, got a negative test, texted to us at like 12 minutes past midnight. And I'm still waiting for the text about the second child. So I had to go on the HSE website and find what do you do when there's no response. They're like, oh, wait 24 hours. I was like, fuck that, I'm not waiting 24 hours. So I emailed them and then got a phone call from somebody in Cork two hours later to say, oh yeah, she's clear as well. Basically we lost, I'd say two and a half days through um, just not a good system. And you can't check anything. You can't check where you are in the system, like uh, how far away am I from an appointment uh, and how far is my test away from being, um, from coming back. 
And so everything was halted. School, you, you weren't able to go into work. Your wife wasn't able to go into work. Everybody, the whole house has it's to isolate. Lockdown. You have to assume you have it. And like, so that, that, does that literally mean not leaving your house and having yeah. people deliver food to the house? Yeah, like we were, we were grand. We obviously had um, done a big shop. Um, like, I mean, you can bring the kids for a drive at various stages during the week. You had to go out for a drive. Like it's the same. It's the same as like, it was lockdown again. Yeah, and it's oh. a pain in the hole. It is an absolute pain in the hole. Then the worst part was obviously the, the actual test itself for the kids is the same as the tests for grown-ups. And again, we made I made a critical error when we went in. The uh, whoever was doing the test, I don't know if she's a nurse or whatever, but took the eldest first and made the middle child. So the the our eight-year-old and our five-year-old went in together. I was with them. And the five-year-old watched the eight-year-old get it done. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if you've seen, like, it's, it's, I, 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 when you get it done yourself, you don't actually look at it. You know, you're, you're not fucking stupid. You're like, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to see. I don't want to see these instruments. It's like the, the snip. You don't really want to see this thing. Yeah. Zap your balls. Uh, but it's, it, the actual thing that goes in is about that long. You know? Yeah, jeez. I, I thought for kids, they just did the mouth swab. Well, uh, the four-year-old got the mouth swab and they right. tried to do the nose but he was like no and then so she didn't but the other thing was because it was so big she kind of jerked her head away while I was like holding it and so now it is actually sore still two days later because so that was there were a lot of tears how long is it is the swab up there for 10 seconds oh, backwards backwards count from 10 oh. 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 and it like it's fine, you know. It's a little bit tickly as an adult. It's not. It's it's quite unpleasant. But if you saw it first, yeah, like it it touching your brain in in your head. It's like, and if your mm. if your head is only about that size in the first place, because <laughs> uh, it's, like, oh, it's oh. the same. They're putting the same length of instrument up your eight year old's nose as they would put up your nose. Up or above my five year old's nose. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. No, but not to say it doesn't go up yeah, the, same the same depth, obviously. Well, I don't know. I mean, um, it could be. It might go up your nose. Like, let's say the whole thing is that size. It might go up your nose that far. But I don't know. It got it got right up there. It certainly. <laughs> Nathan just know. rejoined the conversation. Oh, what are they? What are they talking about? How, I've I've had I've had one. But how do they not have a different length of instrument for children? Look, look. Maybe they do. I mean, I, I It didn't look like it. It, <sighs> it looked the same. So, so that was a. relatively... I would say pretty traumatic week. <laughs> so can I ask you if the symptoms that your children were displaying that triggered you making the call to order a test represent themselves, what do you do? Are you going to go through the same rigmarole every time what you believe to be a little, a little bit of asthma comes across? Well, it, it will, so our GP will make that call. And uh, now that they've been through this and tested, like this cough hopefully stays with them now. It is not a new cough. So it's only if, if they get a new cough that you'd have to present. Um, and like, we'll definitely have a conversation with GP. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that like ultimately if they do get a new cough in six weeks time or three weeks time, then like we're fucked. This is our, this is what our winter yeah. is going to be like, you know? I think there was six or seven kids missing this week from one of my kids' classes, which is good in a way. Because it means parents are keeping their kids at home when they're not feeling well. 
Yeah. Will that will that will that slip away after a while? We're in the same boat where there's um coffee or it's a hundred percent of coal, but uh um Are you gonna test? No. He's like no. No. Are you silently judging? Why? <laughs> How come, Adrian? That's a, that's an interesting uh, decision, is it? Um, I, I mean, I do, maybe now that you say it, we, <laughs> maybe we should, but it's like, uh, I don't know, it just feels like it's a bit of a head cold. Is that what coronavirus is? It, felt, it doesn't feel like it's what, the expectancy of the coronavirus symptoms. Well, is there like a runny nose and sneezing? No, runny nose and a cough. The cough is a thing. It, mm. so that's an, that is on the list. If it's a new yeah. cough, it's on the list. Um, look, uh, again, this is what we're recording this on a Friday. If you're going to do anything, don't wait till the weekend. Like, you'd actually you'd get tested tomorrow if your GP is, is on. And uh, you could say, don't do the nasal thing and actually mm. be back by Sunday. Yeah. It's, it's free as well. Well, you just went to the GP, do you? Because we are looking to get an appointment anyway. Because I actually think that you were mentioned about asthma, a cough, and an asthma earlier on, and I think that he has, I think he has asthma because he's had a cough for a long time, like very subtle, irregular cough that just crops up that and a bit of wheezing every now and then. So I think he might have a bit of asthma that we were looking to get checked out anyway. So is it, it can I kill two birds with one stone here? Is what I'm asking. I would yeah. say that if you tell the doctor that your child has a cough, they'll tell you to go and get the child tested before you bring the child into the yeah. GP surgery. Yeah. yeah. But here's the thing, it, like the system works really well if your GP office is on the ball, they will get you an appointment potentially today. And I went, sorry, I went to uh, Luke Doc, is it, is the one in South Dublin? And I had an appointment within 24 hours and results within 24 hours after that. But that's just the South side, things work. South Dublin for you, <laughs> Oh. When you're the chairman of the PTA, that's... <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a very important man. I'm, I'm on the... Got a lot of sway. Uh, Got to get back, you know? Uh, all right. A reminder, DadCast, the misadventure of parenting is brought to you by Cabri Fredo Treasures. Discover the new Fredo Treasures, the space series, with Cabri Dairy McButtons and one surprise toy in every chest. This product is treat-wise at only 76 calories. Of course, they also have the white Fredo Treasures, which is white Cabri Dairy McButtons, and one surprise toy in every chest. And again, that's only 77 uh, calories. I want to read you uh, this that came our way. Dadcast.offtheball.com is the email address. Lads, I've set up this email address to protect my identity. As the fact I grew up with one of you and would still be an acquaintance means I need to hide behind this fake email address in order to deliver the following views. Which of us do you think has a mate that is sending us an email called patronizing parental advice. Which one of you or me <laughs> has, has a dickhead friend who wants to be a dickhead to us over the airwaves? Oh, I mean, I could think of at least 25 possible people <laughs> from my end alone. I could think of loads, but none of the, I think most of them would no. put their name on it. Yeah, I, I can't imagine any of them would actually patronize about parenting. I listen to your show regularly and find it really entertaining. Good man. I'm particularly glad you had the doctor on talking about the SNP the week after you had a 20-minute email on the SNP. Maybe now we can stop talking about the SNP. That's, yeah, that I is. actually wrote this email. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I find it refreshing to hear others having similar parenting issues to myself. Sometimes I take a nugget away. A real light bulb moment was when Dave was talking about the red mist during lockdown. I realized I had been completely losing my mind with the children for the most trifling of instances, and I started just taking control 
by not completely losing my mind. Thanks, Dave. So it's not somebody. Someone spoke to me about that same episode only yesterday afternoon. Right. Yeah, for an acquaintance, Dave, that you might have grown up with. Actually, a the sister of a old school friend of mine who I had not seen, I'd say, in twenty years, mm. and uh, she said, "I know you probably don't have many female listeners, but we I do. am one of them." We do. We've got loads. Do of we know female? It's definitely from a man, by the way. Is that? Uh, yeah, definitely. It, uh, Pint man Paddy Losty is uh, <laughs> how he signed us. Um, however, it goes on. I was listening to the piece about going out for meals. A lot of chat about distraction, and particularly arriving at the restaurant with a big bag of toys and fully charged blue light emitting screens. Sorry, Dave, but I did praise you above. I strongly disagree with this course of action. Let me explain. Think about the fundamentals of what's going on. Do you want to spend the next X years not going out for nice, enjoyable meals because you have kids? Presumably, like the rest of our generation, eating out was one of the nice things you did before you had kids and one of the nice things you do whenever someone else is minding your kids. It doesn't make sense that the other 340 days of the year you don't do this or you do it under a cloud of stress. That's in uh, bold. Take back control. You set the agenda, not your kids. Eating together is really important for a family and can be a really enjoyable experience if everybody has the right attitude. This starts at home. More of that below. How do you do it? Go to restaurants that serve items other than nuggets and chips to kids. That might sound really obnoxious, but it's not. Some restaurants just put more effort into kids than others. Find something they like. That's the key. My five-year-old tried some of my mussels and white wine sauce once a few years on, and we regularly go to seafood restaurants with the promise of mussels for her. A good pizza place. Milano is great for kids. Chicken wings are a big hit, calamari, fajitas. Anyway, you get the picture. Then explain to them that you work really hard. Because everyone is tired and deserves a treat, you're bringing them to the restaurant. Explain to them that it costs a lot of money and they're lucky to go and for the hour, they have to sit in their seats, use inside voices and eat their food. You can use a bribe here for treats or screen time or something later. Line it up from a few days out, keep talking about it and tell them that whatever behavior you expect from them, whatever behavior you expect from them and why it's actually an activity they should really be excited about being allowed to do. Then hard line in the restaurant, any misdemeanors and out to the car for 20 minutes. After a couple of times, they won't take you on anymore because sitting in the car is infinitely worse than sitting in a nice restaurant drinking juice, albeit not being allowed to run around and shouting as they would like. Nathan, you're next. How much longer, how much more of this bullshit is there? <laughs> yeah, this person is a prick. Oh, well, <laughs> We should we should build up like a profile there, shouldn't we? Like, yeah. like to go, they like to go to seafood restaurants, Milano, Milano's, stuff Milano's. up somewhere. Nathan, you're next. You said we'd all like to sit down to hot porridge every morning and talk about the plans and dreams for the day, but that's not reality. Actually, it can be reality. It's my reality. That's exactly what we do in our house every morning. We have loads of seeds, nuts, fruit, honey, nut butter, sugary cereal, etc., for toppings which elevates the meal both in flavor and in ritual. Oh, piss sit up. down. Eat with porridge. No toys, no screens. We don't always talk about our hopes and dreams, but we do talk. It's sorry, a, sorry. No, no, let me finish. Piss off. Who, who, finish. who has screens? Do any of you have screens in the morning? No. no. Saturday, Saturday no and Sundays. Yeah. Monday no to Friday, chance. they're outlawed. Uh, not in the mornings. No screens in the mornings. Um, sorry. It takes a long time, I won't deny, and definitely pushes us further into panic around getting out of the house. But it helps bed down really good behavior around meals. May I leave the table, etc. Breakfast is your best shot at this because they're generally starving. As I said, it takes at least an extra 15, 20 minutes between prep and sitting down. But in the context of the day, that's not much. Get up early. Get that porridge on the boil. It goes without saying, I make amazing porridge. So if you're struggling with the consistency, <laughs> let me know. Maybe I'm a little obnoxious after all. I well, like this guy. There's no maybe about it, buddy. Last bit. 
The only other area here where I think my approach is better than a lot of my peers, sounds obnoxious, but it's not, just a point of view, is no screens in the car, especially on long journeys. You know it makes sense. They just get irate, start fighting, frustrated. Bring them a magazine. When you hit the motorway, break out the picnic. After another while, give them an hour of an audiobook. You can turn it down in the front and conduct adult conversation. Although Helena Bonham Carter reading Matilda is one I turned up in the front. <laughs> okay. Uh, three games of the minister's cat later and you're in Mayo. Oh. Now you know which of us Ooh. has which of you has obnoxious friends. Is it a surprise? Again, insert smiley face here. Honestly, great work in the show. Thanks. Pint man, Paddy Losty. Adrian, your kids are very young. There is a point at which restaurants are indeed, as you alluded to, more trouble than they're worth. I'm talking about age three, four upwards in my thesis above. And then the last one is question for the show. What's the correct age to let your kids walk the 500 meters to school with other older kids that live on the road? I've obviously nailed mealtime, but the impending independence of my eldest terrifies me and I have absolutely no idea how to handle it. Mm. Wow. There's so much to unpack wow. there. You called one of your mates a prick there, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I honestly cannot think. I think that's been put in as a sort of decoy. I'll go out of that. I, like, I honest, firstly, very few of my mates have kids. So well, he said, he said that he grew up with one of us. An acquaintance. Okay. So, okay. I mean, there's not someone you're meeting every weekend for a pint. Right. Firstly, I think we should um, express our gratitude to this guy for taking the time, yeah. A, to listen to the show, um, and B, to put together what he perceives to be some constructive criticism as well as plenty of positivity. And for that, we thank you. And if all of our listeners to the Dadcast were as engaged and interactive as this person, that it really would improve the show overall. On the other hand, <laughs> there's, <Back> is coming. <laughs> <laughs> there's at least 74.87% of that email that is... Well, I just don't understand a lot of, they seem to be criticisms of us, of things like, and here, there are many things I'm sure you can criticize all of us about our parenting, but none of these, so I, like, I don't, my kids don't have screens in the back of a car, even if we are going to mail, which I haven't done in a long, long time. Uh, You're allowed now, aren't you? Go, yeah, but I just... My yeah, kids absolutely get certainly won't be now. screens in the yeah, back we, of the car. We would put screens in the back of the car on long journeys. And actually, well, for example, here's one example now, and we are obviously our learned friend is not a participant in this conversation, so I can't actually ask him. But I would bring up, my folks are from Cavan, I would bring the lads up to the farm maybe once every couple of months. And by the time we leave at about five o'clock, the younger guy is wrecked. Now, he is likely to fall asleep by the time we get to the top of the lane and spend the next hour and 30 minutes fast asleep, which means that by the time we get home and they have something to eat and maybe get to watch an episode of Horrid Henry or whatever the hell you want them to watch, there's absolutely no chance he's going to bed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I give him an iPad. He gets to watch a movie on the way back to Dublin. The okay. other lad gets to watch a movie. The two of them stay awake. We have our dinner. Everyone goes to bed. Everyone sleeps well. I am not accepting any criticism from anybody for my decision to allow him watch an iPad for 90 minutes on the drive home from Cavan. No, I think um, screens in back of cars, I, I'm... Like we try and uh, save it for the second half of the journey because obviously they'll just end up completely goggle boxed by the time they, so we go to Donegal and it's three hours nonstop if you don't stop or three and a half hours if you don't stop and it can, it can sometimes turn into a four and a half, five hour epic if we do stop. And 
uh, I, I would be behind that. I do think, though, that we'd, like restaurants not worth the hassle. I, I definitely remember saying that in the last couple of episodes. We had like had some recent experience where uh, they just decided, fuck it, we're going to run around the place here today and have the crack. It's going to stand in front of that person who's holding that tray of hot food and molten <laughs> liquids. And see what happens. A, well, well, why not do why with this acquaintance of mine who I still am racking my brain to think who this could possibly well, Why do you think it's you? Is it well, Mayo? Well, unless it was a... I think uh, it's I almost certainly that. it's almost certainly Nathan. That's oh, it's hundred percent Nathan. That's the that's like yeah. Uh, well, if you're using yeah. the the, well, the mayo, me then please. The mayo element of it, I think that's a reach. I don't think that really gives the game away. Oh no, I totally. So, so no, three three games of the minister's cat later, and you're in mayo, and then in brackets. Now you know which of you has obnoxious friends. Is it a surprise? Oh, sorry, I missed that line. No, oh, it's, it's not. By the way, that's <laughs> it's a definite giveaway. So, <laughs> who is it, Nathan? No idea. I'm trying to think. Anyway, well, drop, drop it into uh, WhatsApp but, if you know any of your mates that have recommendations. But, uh, restaurants. What I'm wondering is, like, so you have this conversation, like we've all had the conversation with our kids where we tell them how hard we have to work for them to enjoy this wonderful life we've given them. Yeah, and then you can see your words go away in one ear and out stare the straight through you and like, yeah, yeah. can I have some of that money, please? Yeah. <laughs> blah, Bring blah, me blah, to Smith's. Well, oh, you've got loads of money. You, you yeah. work hard and you've loads of money now. Bring me to Smith's. Yeah. Or they spend the week talking about what's happening on the Saturday. Like, I sometimes do that. Uh, Soccer Academy is back tomorrow. And I've been chatting to my eldest about, do you want to go? And I think I broached the subject first on Tuesday. My wife correctly said, what are you doing? What is the point of having this conversation on a Tuesday for something that's going to happen on a Saturday? You're just wasting your breath. And she's absolutely right. If I start building up to a visit to a restaurant on Saturday and start talking about it on a Monday or a Tuesday, almost certainly they just will not listen to me. And then secondly, if in the unlikely event they are listening to me, we'll end up building building this thing up to be such a misery even walking into the restaurant, particularly if I do not have a bag of toys and an iPad. Anyone care to respond either negatively or positively to that? Well, you broke up a little bit in the middle. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, well, my point being, I'm not going to spend four or five days I know, building up like, to a visit to a restaurant. It seems like certainly the level of build-up adds to the amount of stress and people getting super excited about something as opposed to it having time to uh i definitely now of the view that um we're going to surprise people on the day of things with something that is actually happening because otherwise it's just like it's like uh nathan's yeah. story about the uh book Think, think of all the things you could be scared about. It's like, oh, look at all these things I could be excited about. How excited can I get? Shake, 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 shake. I'm just thinking, I'm very, the, the reference to the uh, Paddy Losty. So Paddy Losty is that sort of... Pint man. Yes. That, it's like a meme, isn't it? This, I do go drinking and yeah. I don't drink that much. And like, I do I'm think, I like, one of my drinking. best mates definitely might have that as his sort of WhatsApp avatar. But he has only one kid. So if it is him, come back to me when you have a couple more. Yeah. And, and his kid is about a year old, 18 months old. Like it's not generally, the same thing. 
I, I don't know how good you guys are in terms of meal times on a daily basis and everyone sitting down having their dinner. We're not good with it at all. A lot of it is to do with the way we work. Because when I do work, it's at night. And so I'm gone from half four in the afternoon. And that happens a lot. But how long typically would the duration of the family dinner be, say, of a general weekday evening? So I would have thought no more than 35, 40 minutes max. Oh, 30, max 30, 30 minutes max. Sorry. Okay. At the absolute extreme end of it, average whenever we would sit down for dinner, and it's usually they're eating and I'm just sitting with them, maybe drinking a cup of coffee. You're talking between 10 and 20. That's all it takes for them to eat. And then they're well, looking at you going, why are we still sitting here? And yet this person's talking about well, a visit to a restaurant, which is a 90-minute thing. Yeah. Well, no screens or toys. An hour. We get it in an hour because it's like, there's no starters. It's purely functional. The issue with dinner time is how much of the food that you have cooked will they eat? And that is, <laughs> that is a lottery. Like, uh, we could have the same meal two nights in a row. And first night, our youngest will eat everything and go, oh, this is amazing. Second night, he'll come in and go, I'm not eating that. And just, just announce, eh, I'm not eating that. You literally just had the whole thing last night. No, I didn't. You did. You, this is exactly the same. It's exactly the same thing as you had last night. And you had all of it. You fucking idiot. <laughs> um, so I, and <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm only mildly exaggerating that last part. <laughs> I, I, sorry, just to, just to go off on a tangent, and I'll come back to this in a second. I'm uh, currently facing a real issue with modern technology and parenting, which is I'm currently minding my two-year-old. Uh, so I've done the obviously good parenting thing. Apologies to my acquaintance slash friend uh, for doing this, but I've stuck her in front of Netflix. But Netflix stops every 15 minutes and goes, are you sure you still want to watch this? Really? And she doesn't know how to hit the button. <clears throat> it's not 15 minutes. It's a lot longer than that. No, how long ago did I jump out last? It's only about 15 minutes. And now she's going really? to shit again. The other problem is, she, um, she's scared shitless. Of... I just keep she's going to shit again, but I just keep fucking... <laughs> <laughs> um, I can hear her there in the background. I, I know the scream is that um, your man, Mr. Potato Head, has come on Peppa, and she's frightened of Mr. Potato Head. So I better oh, go and right. rescue the situation. Okay, <laughs> this is this is good. Oh, we should have heard that. He shouldn't have muted. Can I unmute him? <laughs> can, does anybody know? Can I, I don't think you can do it once he's triggered it himself. Let me see there if I can. I made. Um, I don't know. Don't even see the Irish Times during the week. There was an article about. I think it was a guy who, who, whose dad had died, but it, it was a long-winded way of telling him that his dad had taught him something about cooking. And the, there was a recipe for a chicken spaghetti bake, crispy bake, and the, and the picture in it looked absolutely unbelievably tasty. So I said, I'm going to try and make this. Now, because it was the first time I was making it yesterday, it took me like two hours. It really shouldn't be more than 40 minutes, 45 minutes. And it did look amazing, and it smelled amazing. And I put it down in front of the lads, both immediately insisted that they wanted no actor part in the consumption of this dinner, okay? Plus, I should add, the, I made such a mess making it. Again, I won't do that next time. The washing up was huge job, which I'd also done prior to serving the meal. And main, the main ingredients were chicken, bread, and spaghetti, oh, yeah. all of which they eat copious amounts of. Yeah. It just all happened to be in the same dish. And I just said... Okay, do you know what, lads? It's about, it was about half five in the evening. This is not my problem. I have made this dinner because I love you and I want you to grow big and strong and it will really be good for you if you eat this. There's a lot of good stuff in this dinner. Plus, it contains a lot of ingredients you guys eat every day. But it isn't really my problem. I'm going to go to bed with a full stomach and I'm going to sleep well. 
if you go to bed hungry, it is not my problem. But there will literally be nothing else on offer between now and bedtime. So I'm going to leave this with the two of you and you can take it from there. They both at every scrap of their dinner. Right. Uh, okay, well, let's try that. But ours just uh, don't eat it. And then around um, half seven, eight, or I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Crackers. I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. So do you not offer them that the evening's dinner again? Oh, well, we've cleaned up by then and it would have congealed. And maybe that's the right <laughs> thing to do. That's uh, what we do. If, I, if, he, if one of them only wants to eat half his dinner, I say, that's no problem. But I know at around half seven, you're going to tell me you're hungry. And this is what I will be serving you at half seven. It won't be biscuits or brioches or cereal bars. This is what you'll be offered at 7.30. So it's up to you. Now, on the other hand, if you eat all of this now and you tell me you're hungry at half seven, you'll get something different. That seems to work as well. This is, uh, these, are, these are good ideas. On my the, um, the, the options one is, is always definitely a good one. Like, uh, like Dave said there, uh, that's fine if you don't want to eat it. And then <laughs> insert whatever you want after that. Like I did a um, slightly different context the other night. Uh, the elder lad hit his sister, which he seems to be in the habit of doing. The jealousy is ramped up at the minute. Um, and uh, like my internally, I wanted to like shake him and go, "What are you doing? Stop hitting your sister!" And um, but I sat, I, I managed to check myself and sat him down and went, "Okay, what just happened there?" And he went, "Oh, I hit, I hit Annie." And I was like, "Yeah, why did you do that?" Um, I don't know. Well, like, why? Because you did it. So like, why did you do it? And sort of tease it out him a little bit, and then went, "So what should we do now then?" And uh, I could see him going, "Oh." This is normally the point where you tell me that <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the shit and shit's going down. And um, he went, oh, I'll say sorry and give her a kiss. And I was like, well, you will. That's that's certainly a good first protocol because what he's in the habit of doing is hitting her and then going, oh, I'm, I'll, I'll just apologize to her now. No, no, no. There has to be something else. So I said to him, yeah, okay, that's good. But like, what, there'll have to be something else. So what else will we do? Well, I, I go upstairs to my room. I was like, that's a pretty good idea you give her a hug and a kiss and go on up to your room. And um, so he did that and he went up. And I don't know, is this, is this bad parenting? parenting? Um, send him off up to his room and he cried for a while. And I sort of let him at that because I, I mean, my thing at the time was that I didn't, I wanted him to understand that he did, he had done something that he shouldn't have done and it wasn't okay to just do it and then apologize and get on with life. Um, so he went and cried and I don't know, in the grander scheme of things, things had it any impact whatsoever. But it was, it felt empowered. I felt empowered by the fact that he was the one making the decisions about what the punishment should be. Now, he's three and a half, three and three quarters. Maybe that disappears when he's five or whatever. He's just too smart to engage in that kind of process. Well, what might have to start happening at five, and I mentioned this before, is that you enter the Roy Keane X-rated tackle red car territory where he'll whack his sister and then just won't wait for the referee to show the red card. He just, turn, he just turns around. He's already halfway down the tunnel by the time the referee's got his cards out of his pocket. And in the last few months, there have been plenty of occasions in our house where that has happened. The, the blow has been dealt, and he's already halfway up the stairs before I, I can even say, go to your room. Very good, very good. Yeah, self, uh, self-discipline, that's great. Um, although, obviously, at some point, it'll be like, 
yeah, I should really, uh, you know, go and spend some time in my room with my books and all my toys. Yeah, um, exactly. It's no longer a deterrent. It's very difficult to know yeah. what the deterrent is nowadays, but... No screen time. Yeah. We have um, our issue with dinner the last couple of nights. I wasn't here because I was working late Monday, Tuesday, was it? And both nights, the eldest lad wasn't there for dinner. So one night, there was no sign of him. There was no sign of either child the first night. Uh, six o'clock for dinner uh, and eventually it turned out they were down the road in the back garden of somebody's house hadn't bothered telling anybody they were going right uh, and it'd be gone for about half an hour uh, claimed they'd forgotten their Fitbits or something and didn't know what time it was so you're kind of like all right and then the next night uh, I think he came in and was told dinner's going to be ready in 10 minutes and he said well I'm going down to my friend's house and I was told well you're not because you can go down after dinner and he said no everyone else is going down now so I'm going down now and off he went Ooh. Ooh. So what happened? How did that play out? So, well, I wasn't here, so I, I, I'm sure my wife has always dealt with this um, in a very calm manner and uh, got a book. <laughs> and whacked him over the head with it. <laughs> uh, whacked, yeah, but which is what I would have done. Right, so I don't know what happened there. We, we've lost um, some of the greatest dadcast material that we've oh. This is uh, part two of <laughs> dadcast. The Misadventures of Parenting brought to you by Cadbury Fredo Treasures. Discover the new Fredo Treasures space series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons and one surprise toy in every chest. An email in um, dadcast.offtheball.com. Birthday parties in the house during these COVID times. Thoughts? Some of my kids are already getting invites from school friends. I know they are more or less mixing at school, but surely not a priority right now to bring people into your home. It's, um, it's our eldest's birthday next week. And we, uh, we were like, well, could they have two people around for like pizza and a movie or what, like what the hell do we do? Cause like, this is going to be another thing that they haven't been able to do. And there's been no celebration of, and no sense of, like, I don't, I actually don't know what to do. We're completely, we haven't a clue. Well, if you can, if there's anything you can possibly do outdoors, do that. But obviously now that we're getting into autumn and the chances of you getting a dry day are becoming increasingly slim. We had a birth joint birthday party with his cousin a couple of weeks ago, but it was like, you can invite five friends each and we're staying on the AstroTurf for the duration. We ordered pizza. They ran and ran, played football for an hour. Parents picked them up. That was it. I think that's pretty much the limit to what you can do. I wouldn't be bringing five or six or 10 kids into the house now. Just, just not a good look at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah. If they're in the same class together, like if the parents aren't coming into the house, is there any real difference? I don't know. I suppose technically in their class, they're meant to stay. Well, I suppose you're not breaking any seat. restrictions. You're not breaking any restrictions to being in class together. Where you bring eight kids into your house, you're breaking all forms of restrictions there, aren't you? Are you? Isn't there I, thought like just, I thought it was just over 12 or something. What? Is it? In terms of how many, how many different people in the UK. So you can so have six. Definitely the one, in, the, the one in the UK that was brought in last night where you can't have more than six people doesn't include children. Or, or education um, yeah. places are completely exempt. So you can do what you want in the universities. And I'm sure it looks like they might be doing what they want. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one, Ger. It's, uh, and like I said, it's going to get harder as we get towards winter. We could probably bring five people to the cinema or something. Maybe that's the... Socially distanced seating. Yeah, yeah. At least they, you know, they'll have, and they can bring their own drinks and snacks. Save your fortune. 
Um, cinema's not cheap, but it would definitely be cheaper than... And also then you don't have people coming to your house. Uh, well, you don't want That's that anyways. No, I mean, I definitely don't want that. Well, yeah. I, I, uh, we were at a party. Um, somebody in uh, school had thrown a party in our house and it was actually class. It was as, as rambunctious and crack as you remember your own birthday parties as kids. And it was a really nice thing. Like, um, unfortunately, I had to drive, and but there was there was wine. I was like, this could actually be amazing, you know? This is like a in somebody else's house, though. Like, yeah, well, we, my yeah. kids have been been to parties, and like, yeah, again, they've been brilliant. I'm like, Jesus, how are you doing this though? Like, how are you how are you standing here talking to me and not about to kill somebody? <laughs> are you not running around going? Dah, 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 dah. That should be me. Yeah, so I think you just have to accept that it's going to be a, a riot. Carnage. Not everybody's as highly strong as we are. We're definitely pretty highly strung, it turns out. Like my <laughs> mate. Like my Emerged. mate there. Who, if I find yeah. who it is, is definitely coming on and it's, it's going to be just a roast of oh, us destroying him. Let's, let's not give that person any more of a platform. Seriously, like. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Like, I, I don't actually know what that person, how they have managed to identify that they are, they absolutely are so obnoxious and yet indulge themselves in being, that's like, that's the most obnoxious Certainly the most obnoxious email we've ever had. Like some of the most obnoxious commentary I've ever heard. Oof. And we, we would encourage any listener to get in touch. Podcast <laughs> <laughs> at offtheball.com. The more obnoxious, and, the better. And we will oh, be nice to you and we will, we will not hunt you down and, uh, and try and bring you on the show. Uh, right, anybody else? Anything they want to get off their chest or plant a seed for next week? Um, Are you moving house, Dave? Not yet. Right. Long way to go for any of right. you guys and our, any of our listeners who have gone through the whole um, moving process when, when there are two sides to the deal. It's, uh, right. it's going to be a long, it's going to be, it's going to be like, I doubt, I'd say the October or what is supposedly the summer transfer window will have shut and we still will not have moved house. So, right. um, you know, fingers crossed it all goes smoothly. You might be in by Christmas. I would, I would definitely hope we're in by Christmas, but you know these things can often take a lot longer. Everybody's doing their best though, so let's um, let's just see how it goes. Right. Anybody? Anything else? That's all no. for me. No, I've right. just done a full hour of leaving my two-year-old out in the other room. To watch Mr. Any Mr. obnoxious listeners will have a major issue with that. Mr. Potato Any, Head. Anybody who backs up what our pal was saying to us, anyone who's got an issue with what our pal was saying to us. Do let us know. Just fire even a two-liner with a question to off the ball at dadcast. What is it? Dadcast at off the ball dot com. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> off the ball at dadcast dot com is all on you. This is a. <laughs> but look, there's there's definitely an element of truth in the in the email. There are kernels of truth within it, and often the criticism that is on point is what hurts the most. Oh. So that is why maybe Touched where. Yeah, exactly. So we probably need to, maybe we should all have a quiet private read of that email. And next week we can acknowledge maybe each take a segment of it where we acknowledge, yes, I am guilty of poor parenting in this regard. Right. On that note, see you next week, folks. Did, did the person say they had kids in school? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What, I mean, they, look. Nathan, you need to print it out and get a highlighter. Yeah. Yeah. Go sift through it with a fine tooth comb. Go through my phone. Exactly. Multiple kids, do... though. Definitely multiple kids. Oh, multiple yeah. kids. All right, then. It's not the person I was thinking of. It sounded like right. multiple kids at breakfast. Right. Making That's well, your well, job like, for if the you've week. got one kid, if you've got one kid, you've nothing to complain about.
No. On that note, another DadCast <laughs> is in the books. See you next week, folks. DadCast, Misadventures in Parenting. Brought to you by Cadbury Freddo Treasures. Discover the new Freddo Treasures Space Series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons, one surprise toy in every chest. <laughs>